Hello, hi. Attention, everyone. This is going to be a great show. And it's the choice of a new generation. Corrupting the minds and the hearts of our children. And now, broadcasting live from Music City, USA. From pop culture to sports, from music to movies. Brian, Dan, and Zach got you covered. Crack open your brain hole and get ready for After Dark Sports. Wait, what? Yeah, that, that doesn't sound right, man. I'm going to change it. So crack open your brain hole and get ready for sports after dark. You see, that sounds awesome. Here's your hosts of Sports After Dark, Brian, Zach, and Dan, whose last names I don't know because it wasn't in the email. And good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good whatever. You're listening to another episode of After Dark. It's Dan Bradley, Zach Williams, Brian Robertson here. Zach Williams, the hero. The hero, local, AKA. local hero. He loves calling, calling himself the hero. Well, this is good because Nashville apparently has drawn the ire of PETA due to the catfish incident. Uh, so I'm glad to know we have noted animal hero. I'm glad. I'm glad we're like every other news station in Naf- Nashville right now. Catfish is the first thing we talk about. Absolutely. Oh w- where was PETA when uh, Taylor One was throwing catfish onto the ice? They were and a skin to- duck was on the ice. That was the best one. Yeah, that was the best one. Oh, gross. So coming up on tonight's show, we are going to talk a bit about Predators hockey. Of course, we're going to talk a bit about. We had quite a few races over the weekend. We're going to yap about those and some racist. Yeah, we're going to talk about that as well. And I, all I could say is the show will probably not up into the not into the ditch, which was you know we'll also talk about Tiger Woods as well. <laughs> hey, oh, got so, a whole line of things to talk about. So I, I'm really impressed. I was I listened back to last week's show where you guys gave the most comprehensive motorsports breakdown I've heard in this city since. Jeez, I don't remember when. I try to do good work. That was, yeah, I mean, that, that was, was basically stuff. all me. That was really good stuff. <laughs> if you guys ever want to talk like you know the guys who are hanging around the studio, we want to get Hope Pines like to smile real big, talk NASCAR with him. That is like he'll do like the Hope Pines lean and everything. <laughs> NASCAR is the real man sport. You know he'll, he'll and then he'll like, drop some word that you can't say on air that you have to fix that later. He will do that too. <laughs> he will do that too. So um, so I, I had a I had kind of a, a rough uh, a rough week off. I ended up uh, helping out dad with his uh, with his subfloor uh, down in Florida. He apparently has the only house in in Lynn Haven, Florida that doesn't have a concrete foundation. It's typically mm. Florida. It's everything is is flat as a pancake. You want to build a bowling alley, that's where you do it. But his foundation is on piers, and Florida, of course, with its you know 150 percent humidity. You know, it deals with a lot of moisture problems. And, you know, he had rot, you know, quite a bit around this dryer area and around his dining room area. So we had to do a complete teardown and rebuild of that. So uh, between that and, uh, you know, my family choosing to watch other programs over Predators Game 6, so I wanted to go man cry in public. So I went out two nights. I went out to go see them, you know, them win Game 6 against An- against Anaheim. I was thinking real hard about you guys, let me tell you. <laughs> and then I make the uh, executive decision. You know what? I'm going to go out to a nice place down here down here on the coast. We're going to a nice place. It's supposed to be a wine bar. This would be great, man. I could just kind of just disappear into madness. I'll, it was Joe, Joe's Crab Shack? No, it wasn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I won't say the name because it was honestly one of the worst bar experiences I've had in my life. And I've I've traveled. We do have a, a, a fair amount of listenership in Linwood, Florida. Linhaven. Linhaven. See? There <laughs> you go. <laughs> yeah. Linhaven is like North Panama City, but it wasn't the bar itself wasn't in Linhaven. Um, I go in there and the uh, the waitress slash bartender has like about an inch of makeup on her face she's wearing like that odd like flesh colored lipstick that's glossy it was the mm-hmm. b team 
It was definitely the B team. Apparently, it was, <laughs> it was a, B team. It was a Thursday night, so yeah, of course it's B team. <laughs> and uh, you know, she's wearing a Jack Daniels uh, tank top with little pink bows on it, and I'm 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 craving bourbon. It's been it's been over a week and a half. God, you know, my, my bourbon to blood ratio is starting to get a little bit low. So <laughs> it's got to be a hard life. And I, I don't drink at my parents' places because they don't drink, and I don't want to respect their home. So. I look across the bar, and they've got every type of vodka known to man. They got Ciroc, they got Grey Goose, they got Smirnoff, Stoli, Svedka, God help you. They've got <laughs> they got everything you'd possibly want that's clear and comes from Europe. And and Dan's looking at it, saying, "Why can I see through this whiskey?" Exactly. <laughs> it's not White Dog. It's not New Make. That's not what I want. So I look over, and I find like, oh wait, they have this like Woodford Reserve that's been like brandy cask aged. Oh man, they don't know what they have. I'm gonna order a glass of that. Yeah, it was forty four dollars. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why it was over there by Yeah, itself. exactly. No, it, it was sitting over there next to like some other stuff. I'm like, you know, they probably don't know what they have. Oh. It was so good, but just yeah, this the, imagine like being in a room full of people with like backwards like Zephyr hats and like Jinko jeans and everything, and it's still two thousand seventeen. That's yeah. Yeah. That was who I was with, man, and I was really missing you guys. It's like a time worker 20 years ago or something. <laughs> oh, it was bad. You it missed a hell bad. of a podcast. Yeah, I did. I, I would have. I loved it because we it, were in here for 30 minutes, and that was it. Wow. I know. We were. We. Hey, peeling back the onion. Just before this one, that was mm-hmm. that was episode 14 and a half that we did. Is what we're calling it. 14.5. This one's 15. A full 15. Uh, we were in here for almost an hour. Before we started this, one. pretty much, <laughs> pretty yeah. much, we got us. We got a mild programming announcement. We'll get to later on yeah. the show. So, Brian, I'm going to start with this real quick. And the okay. first segment is kind of our knock around segment. If you guys haven't figured it out already, but Not so what, all my favorite around. Twitter account, as far as uh, non traditional or non you know major four sports, is a Twitter account called at Indy 500 Picks. Essentially, uh, yeah, I know where you're going with this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's it's a lot of guys that are really pushing the boundaries of of clothing, like the Jito is a thing. I wonder how many people were pictured passed out in the infield. Well, uh, I got do have some numbers here. According to uh, one of the news stations in Indianapolis, over two hundred arrests, fifty related drug charges, and hundred and thirty nine minors were charged. And it's probably in their uh, snake pit area, which is like a big concert area. That's a safe bet. Is yeah. that a? It's a big coal mining. Indiana? Town? No, Indianapolis? No. no. You said all those miners got put on. Miners. hey Where's the rap horns? <laughs> I know. Well, we got to get, try- get it going. Trying to bring no, so, so, I see you have, oh. so I see you have it up. Okay. Oh, no, no, okay. oh yeah. yeah, I have the Twitter. Oh, yeah. I was, about to, put, I was about to pull the rap horns out. <laughs> At Indy 500 Picks. This is an this is an annual year, annual thing they do. It, it is... Well, first off, just go ahead. If you're if pull out your phone, uh, whether you're driving or not, and go to Twitter and just type in Indy Five Hundred Picks and look for the profile picture with a man with a stomachless pull. Uh, what's it? What's it called? What overalls. Overalls. Stomachless overalls. Basically, everyone's dad in yep. the South. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like uh, think about midway through, I, I find I see uh, turn three kept it on all race, and it's a guy with a uh, first off, he's got some really uh, like prison quality tattoos and except for like this new york giants one that's just in full color it's amazing no sir the best one is uh he's got mardi gras beads the tim mcgraw black the tokyo straw cowboy hat <laughs> and it's a really fancy looking leather bikini he probably got off someone some gal in Terre Haute a couple nights before that's a good one strive to love your country as much as this man 
a sunburnt American flag. Some guy did that on his chest. back last year. This guy went full frontal burn. That's <laughs> impressive. Suck poop. What, what does so that I, mean? it makes me. First off, one guy in a man diaper. Oh yeah, there's a guy in a man diaper. <laughs> oh, him, there's no, multiple yeah. Gitos. Oh, there's man. guys in thongs. There's everywhere. a flooded urinal, or yeah. not urinal? Sorry, porta potties all over. Oh man. Let's. I mean. I've I've often thought that you know what open wheel racing seems much classier and cooler than NASCAR. That's what they like to lead you to believe. Man, I took the carrot on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I took the carrot on that one. That was that's rough. So um, I know I went through and listened, and uh, Ferrari dominated at, at Monaco. Um, I didn't really see much of the Indy 500. Charlotte was did anything really surprise you? Uh, Austin Dillon winning. That was the surprising part. You thought Truex would win. Well, the right. way it was going, it was going to be a Truex Kyle Busch race, and it was pretty dull. And then the rain came, then it got dull again, and then it became a fuel mileage battle between like three or four different drivers. And then it came down to Jimmy Johnson and Austin Dillon, and Jimmy Johnson runs out of gas with about, I don't know, two laps to go. And then Austin Dillon was able to keep uh, enough gas in his car to outlast Truex and Kyle Busch. And what was pretty cool to know that he was really out of gas, he went to go try to do a burnout, only did half a spin, and the car quit. <laughs> and Charlotte's one of those tracks with the banking that you can conserve fuel if you know what you're doing. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's uh, that's kind of – I mean, for a younger guy to be able to pull that off, that's impressive. Indy 500, the uh, bigger the two big stories, that um, aside from the uh, checkered flag with Takuma Soto winning the, uh, winning the Indy 500, first off, Austin Dillon is – or pardon, Scott Dixon is still alive. Yes. And was spotted in a tuxedo not too long after that, like he's James Bond or something. And then you have the story that you wanted to talk about where the uh, Denver Post columnist decides he's going to go uh, be really dumb. I, go, I mean, is this <laughs> this is full heel? Yeah. I, I mean, okay, first off, Denver covering it, covering the Indy 500. Former Denver Post columnist Terry Fry. Well, he wasn't even yeah. covering it. He just made a comment. He just made it. a comment. I mean, in a sense, covering as much as anybody can on social media. But what was the exact comment? Do you have that pulled up? The- yes. Nothing, nothing specifically personal, but I am very uncomfortable with a Japanese driver winning the Indianapolis 500 during Memorial Day weekend. And then, after that was sent, fired. Yep, he yeah, tried he a like he tried a day. the uh, a quote hail mary apology. Essentially, he just took a big screenshot of he looks like Times New Roman on uh, Microsoft Word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's see here. Well, this, well, is, this is the second paragraph of his apology. This is how you how you know it's it's bad. On Sunday, I was going down to Fort Logan National Cemetery to place flowers on the grave of and to salute my father, Jerry Fry who spent the four-year gap between sophomore and junior seasons at Wisconsin flying the F-5 unarmed version of the one-man P-38 fighter plane in the 26th photo squadron. All right, dude. That's pulling his American That's ancestry fine. out of trying to make That's fine, dude. what he said better. But, but the best part is the how he started the first tweet, the original tweet. Well, yeah. What was it exactly? Say just the first nothing part. Nothing personal. Nothing personal. Uh, anytime but I hate, the, I hate your race. Anytime you hear the words, <laughs> no disrespect, but and you could just yeah. immediately think, nope, delete, delete, yeah. do not press. And for in. the Southerners listening, it's oh bless his heart. But Bill, Bill Parcells <laughs> did this. <laughs> if anyone want to remember that, Bill Parcells had this. You know, was a press conference of 
no disrespect. And immediately you're thinking, oh, no. He dropped like four <laughs> no disrespects, but he referred to trick plays as Jap plays. Oh, man. No. And, uh, all, tri- all these all these being said are not views of it, After Dark Sports. No. <laughs> and especially because it, it was a great story because uh, Takuma Sato and Helio Kashinavich, Kashinavich going for his fourth win and only trying to become the fifth driver to win it four times. And Takuma Solomon makes a pass on him down the front stretch with about five to go. It's a great story for him because this was his eighth try because everybody remembers, like, if you follow racing, he went for it on the last lap like five years ago and crashed for the win. So every, he he's pretty much become like a fan favorite within IndyCar. Granted, he hasn't had a whole lot of success. It was only his second career win. But for that guy to make a comment like that, it's completely stupid because he has his head. And he, he must have had his head in the sand for a long time because Honda's been at uh, Indy for a long time, so they're a Japanese company, and the United States has been allies with Japan since when? Uh, since 1946, yes, essentially. So, and well, you know, and, and this isn't me giving a pass. It kind of is. I'm not gonna lie. It's kind of me giving. We just looked at the Indy 500 picks. This guy's probably drunk on Twitter. I was probably drunk on Twitter. That what do no, you what do you, what do, you do he, during the Indy Five Hundred? No, if what do he, you do? You drink. He, if he made a a cognizant uh, response or tweet because they well, didn't have any misspelling. That's what anything. screwed him up the most. He should have he should have just owned it and be like that was that was drunk Terry. You know, just came out I and said hacked. that I was hacked. Yeah, like Christoph Porzingis when he uh, tweeted uh, L A with a heart heart eyes recently. And then he next tweet he says hacked <laughs> because he didn't want anyone to know that hey maybe LA starting to, uh, the Clippers are starting trying to make a move at him. <laughs> Porzingis for Chris Paul, okay. Hey, hey, um, hey. <laughs> basketball talk. No. Well, with with this Terry Fry guy, uh, the, I mean, this is the this is the danger that you that you are as far as being a verified account and being you know someone that people can go do research on. I bet dollars to donuts this guy has owned a Japanese-made car at some point. Probably. <laughs> With the Toyota or a Honda or something like that. Something. Or a Nissan. And how dumb do you have to be to send something out like that? I, mean, I know that... Drunk dumb. Yeah, this is drunk dumb, yeah. So, I mean, I'm We've sure... We've all been drunk dumb. I just haven't done yeah. it on social media. And then, you know... My the, Snapchat's filthy. Oh, yeah, my Snapchat. <laughs> but is, you have to follow me. <laughs> and then you have, you know, you know, like drunk in Florida like Lane Kiffin. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's that's. Speaking viral. of drunken Florida, oh man, no, we, we gonna we want to talk about that now. Yeah, let's go and dig into it now because you know it doesn't really okay. fit in with our predators discussion or it our doesn't epic, really fit in with anything. Our epic baseball discussion. So there's a difference between a DUI and a DWI. Florida does DWIs, but everyone else here does driving under the influence, which immediately thinks alcohol. Tiger Woods was found asleep in his car, in his damaged car. I mean, you're thinking, you know, this is like a red flag DUI or DWI situation. He blows a 0.0 on the breathalyzer, not once, but twice. And, you know, past the facts of this, I I have some some puns um, to go with this. Let's hear it. Uh, I need fake laughter for this, too, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Looks like Tiger's still chasing Jack. Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) Now this one, everyone. This was stolen. I think everybody started using this. One. Tiger should have used a driver. <laughs> <laughs> Only time Tiger didn't grab a DD because he likes boobs a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Double D. Yeah. Uh, DUI of the Tiger. Uh, nah. Uh, we all knew Tiger had a hard time driving straight. <laughs> there we go. And there it is. Ding, ding, ding. And there it is. And there it is. 
Yeah. I, I, the best, I mean, literally, this is the best photo. If you go into my Twitter, at Zachariah W., this is my header. Yeah. <laughs> Just his eyes staring at you, watching you, watching you while you look at my tweets. <laughs> I mean, Tiger Woods has had some really great photos as of late. I mean, since he hooked up with Lindsey Vaughn. He's been much well, more. They broke up. Like, yeah, I know. A but year or two ago. since that happened, since you know he we, he had gray haired Santa, mm-hmm. and I, then now you've got you know drunk, charged. Yeah, whatever it is. Oh well, the best part, I, and I'm going to pull this up. I'm a part uh, from my photojournalist days at UTC, the UTC. Um, I'm still part of a group that that he were always constantly updated. Sports Center altered his photo. They photoshopped him. In the in, I'm, I'm going to show y'all. It, I'll tweet it out too on on our on our at After Dark Sports and mine uh, right here. I'm going to show Dan. They made him look cleaner, and they cut. And somebody caught that where they actually photoshopped. They, they took the hair. Did. They took the hair out. Uh, you know, if, you, if, if you've seen the photo, he's got like a he's. I mean, he looks like a mess. But then yeah. in, in the Sports Center, you know, if you've ever watched Sports Center, they keep the tally left that's yeah. coming up next. That is the uh, they they have it like. He's all clean cut and everything. They didn't on even his do hair. it straight. Look at this. It was kind of a you know a little bit of a. It was bump a bad. It was a bad Photoshop. It was a, bad, it was it was a, a terrible Photoshop. It was a ten so minutes so intern. Mimus Paint right now. Yeah. So is that comparable <laughs> to what Time Magazine did for OJ Simpson with his mugshot yes. back in '94? Yes. Or with like the Trump campaign whenever they made his hand bigger. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Using like MS or any hey any. It's speaking about hands. Megan Fox. Any movie with her. Have you seen her thumbs in real life? They're crazy. No. Yeah. See, look. There's the there's the thing <laughs> there's the tabs on the keyboard already. Megan, the Uber Fox, researcher that is Dan. Thumbs. Yeah, right, the, like. this is the this is the natural blogger right here. Yeah. <laughs> this is all. He, well, <laughs> you 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 caught me during John during uh, Johnny's interview. Like I've got like a, I have like charts and heat maps open. You know, yeah, as yeah. I'm going through. You know, Johnny. One thing they were able to do is to get to the net more. And sure enough, I have like a colorized heat map of where the predator shots came from. Okay, Megan Fox's thumbs. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, I don't remember Jennifer's body looking like that. No. hey Man, we're in it today. <laughs> we are in it. We've already gone, well, we're 20 already minutes. 20 minutes, and we're talking about Megan Fox Thumbs. Where in Nashville, I ask you, are you hearing this kind of uh, banter? Maybe a few years ago. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up on the other side, we'll actually talk about the Predators uh, and their quest for history. And uh, also, baseball. We have a fight to talk about. And Zach and I... This is our bread and butter, man. Oh. Baseball fights. And we're going to have our first interview here on After Dark. We have to. We have to? It, it's a Eventually, good thing. it was going to happen. It was going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen more because we're growing, guys. We're yeah. growing. Hey, the show's growing. Our audience is growing. We thank you and everything. This is After Dark. Welcome back. After Dark Sports, Brian Robertson, Zach Williams, Dan Bradley. Black Keys. Yeah. Black Keys bumping <laughs> in the back. Yep. <laughs> Probably play a little gold on the ceiling because of what we're going to talk about next. The Nashville Predators playing in the Stanley Cup Final for the first time in franchise history. Are they? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Played uh, Monday night in Pittsburgh, and it was a disastrous first period, but a thrilling comeback only to lose 5 to 3 at the end. Yeah, so. you know what you know what's the most annoying thing I've already seen on Twitter uh, besides catfish. And I'm not going to explain into that anymore. I'm just going to say the word catfish and also when we tweet this out, I hope one of the tags are catfish just cuz it's trending so well. Yeah. But have you seen the the snowbird thing? That was okay. This that is was getting bad. so stupid. That was bad. I actually Natalie Alund uh, of of the Tennessean 
put it out and was talking about Channel 4 News here in Nashville, which is where the Preds play on TV. Their mascot, if you will, is Snowbird, and mm-hmm. it is a penguin. It's it, not their, even their permanent mascot. Snowbird is actually uh, used by several stations yeah. that are owned by Meredith Broadcasting. I know Cincinnati uses Snowbird. Nashville does. You know, I'm, since I was in, I, I knew that when I was in middle school. I had Snowbird, uh, uh, what do you, house slippers, had his little face on the front. Yeah, when I was like twenty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'll, I'll be blunt here. I got, I got some friends of mine that work over the Tennessee, and they've. I think that like your your Joe Rex Rhodes, your you know Vingans, your John Garcias, they've done a wonderful job covering the team. Mm-hmm. But we see when it when Predators coverage bleeds into the other sides of the newsroom, it gets cringeworthy really fast. Yeah, and this is exact exactly what that was. It was, I mean, it's just pointless to where they were. It was like they were trying to call comparisons. I, it's almost like it was like Trump was well, writing. Think this. about <laughs> think about a couple weeks ago when with the whole Dennis K Morgan bit. I mean, you had a you had a Tennessean writer call him up and kind of essentially, you know, keep poking him and poking him until he got the quotes that he wanted and and ran with it. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. what that's the way I read it as. I mean, I know that you know, of course, dude's gonna be a little bit bummed out. He's not gonna be able to sing the anthem, you know, on national TV and and all that. I mean, let being honest, you know, he's in he's in healthcare IT like me, and you know, <laughs> I mean, there's there's certain things that you know that that's your day job. At the end of the day, Miranda Lambert's day job. Not saying she's gonna be singing the anthem or not. But Carrie Underwood's day job, Miranda Lambert's day job, is to be a professional and vocalist entertainer. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a big show, a big production here. I'm sorry. I mean, the, no, the reason why he's called Dennis K. Morgan by the PA announcers, they've called him Dennis Miller too many times. So they call him Dennis K. Morgan <laughs> to make sure that they don't call him Dennis. I've heard at least three times where the PA guy calls him Dennis Miller. And that Thanks, I know that Paul. has. Yeah, exactly. That has to, <laughs> I think that he does that on purpose. Ooh no, no. Otherwise, he wouldn't be. He wouldn't be Dennis K. But uh, I, th- yeah. I just can't think of it any worse. It makes me upset that that it's like that's something you're trying to push for the ten- Tennessean. And yeah, good on Big Joe for what, breaking the bottle and yeah. saying to hell. Yeah, about and that's what it comes down to. It's like when you get a lot of people to talk, try to talk because I like racing. You guys know that. When you get like a bunch of people, especially Sports Center, when they try to do racing highlights, they don't know a damn thing they know. Yeah. They're talking about. Then you shouldn't be doing it. You should get like an IndyCar expert or a NASCAR expert to like explain what's going on. I want more Marty Smith. Yeah, Marty Smith is great, but you know there's only one guy. But you know yeah. I mean, they let go of Doctor Jerry Punch. Yeah, because he's got next weekend, and then he's done. And Alan Bestwick this mm-hmm. w- this past weekend, next weekend, bring final back one. Wally or something, man. Come oh, on. Wally works for uh, Fox now. Yeah, just do what you got to do. <laughs> Yeah, ESPN's kind of drifted away from uh, from NASCAR coverage just because they, they don't have the they don't have the, uh, the contract the, anymore. Of course, we're going away from this. But yeah, yeah. But more than likely, but, but more they likely, did the same thing with the NHL though. Yeah, and they, more, always, they and only have Barry Norris because of the way they're getting rid of all their uh, racing personalities. I don't see ABC within the next couple of years broadcasting Indy anymore. It'll probably be NBC. NBC loves it. Yeah. NBC wants to be the home of motorsports. So. Yeah. Predators take the ice last night. They end up dropping the game 5-3. For those, yeah, let's yeah. get into that real quick. I, I said it on Johnny's show earlier, which you can listen to our the archives on SoundCloud on this, and I, I doubled down on this. The NHL, out of all the major sports, has the worst replay system of any cameras. Any major sport. Cameras. <laughs> oh, and then you have some idiots up in Canada saying, oh, C- CBC got it. And it was like, no, they were the, using the same cameras. 
Well, the NHL does have cameras that aren't available to the media. I think that's just kind of a well, fail-safe. Same, th- same thing for the NFL. It looks like a theirs. mall security camera that's embedded in the side of the boards. It looks terrible. I've seen some of the footage from it, and it looks like it's like shot at like 60 frames per second instead of 120. So you're not going to catch everything the to most, begin with. The most quiet time the broadcast announcers on, on NBC – was right after that because they had said they think this is a good goal and then you yeah, know Eddie, they were off mic like what the hell especially, <laughs> you know Eddie, what I mean? especially Eddie Olchek he was uh, like definitive oh this is a good goal yeah, in case it, he it, couldn't it tell was, there, it, it wasn't was conclusive yeah. there was nothing conclusive and, and now, it, 20 hours later I still have yet to see anything conclusive on it they still haven't explained the NHL hasn't explained no, it no they reason. put out a post on it and oh saying they that, put you know, out a post yeah but <laughs> saying that you know that it was ruled that he that the player skate was was off the ice which you know, it's a silver skate on you know, kind of a translucent ice surface against a white board. Against a white board, come on, guys. And that, that, hey, I I can truly say just because I think of so much of player mentality, and I mean, yeah, the Preds let this happen to him, but that's the reason why we lost. That it's is one of the reason. No, that is the main reason. I truly believe you. There was Nashville came out like a bat out of uh, hell. Yeah, they were out playing. Pittsburgh. And then the second that ha- we get a goal, our energy level jumps out of the roof. And you're like, oh man, you can already feel Nashville's going to run away with this one quick. But then that call comes back, and it's like that momentum. The fans, the crowd, everybody was shot out of the roof because they were like, no goal. And then you see Nashville start playing sluggish. But who's on, who's that on, though? You're in control of your own act. You're in control of your own actions. I understand where you're going from that. But you know, you're playing... You're playing in the playoffs on the road against the defending champions. Stuff is not going to go your way all the time, and you have to be mentally prepared for that. That's a huge stuff. Yeah, I. Get you know it. what I mean? That's a huge. This thing, is the though. same team, though, that two years ago at home let Pat or saw Patrick Kane tie the game with six skaters on the ice. You were talking about the most egregious, like official mishap of all time. That may be it. There's celebrations with six skaters on the ice. Yeah. They completely miss it. What happened? The Predators turned greens and Hulk smashed them out of Nashville. I, I, I just think you could just, I mean, and you talk about, I mean, if the first period goes away, we win that game. Yeah. Yeah. There was a four-minute stretch there where Nashville wasn't moving. They didn't have their foot on the gas. And you could when, only say two goals that the pin scored were earned. I was sense. more ticked. Honestly, the, the review was one thing. I was more ticked off at the five-on-three. Because number one, Hornquist. I mean, I, I love Patrick Hornquist. He was my pr- favorite predator. Should have been when he in the box here. for embellishment. Yes, he should have been because Cal Yarncrook. He was already going down when Cal Yarncrook touched his back. All right, that should not have yeah, been because a penalty. he was only touching him, so he wouldn't fall over. Yeah, <laughs> and then you know the James Neal penalty. You know, Daly sold it. It was yes, it was a cross check, but you got to forgive James Neal. He just got through playing the Anaheim Ducks. Crosby during the five on three, Crosby goes out of his way, which should have been interference to elbow Eckholm up high. He didn't. I don't know if he, he got his head or not. Face. Yeah, Eckholm should have sold it more and probably would have got a, at least a, a, a counter penalty on that, and they end up scoring not even like ten seconds later. So I was a little bit bothered. I was more upset about that, and then the uh, the blown coverage for the second goal, and Puck goes in off Eckholm for the third goal. At that point, I'm thinking, you know, this is why I don't go to watch parties. I couldn't imagine being around like 30,000 people downtown after that period. Yeah. I would have been rattlesnake mad at that point. It was just, I mean, it <laughs> it was a kick in the crotch. I mean, I, you yeah, know, it was, it. Okay, this is what happened. They scored their first goal. I was like, I want to get Sonic. I live right next to a Sonic, so I wanted to go get one of their concrete mixtures or whatever the hell. And I came back. They were up 3-0. <laughs> yeah. What the hell just happened? You know, that, but you know what? They did, re, they did respond the second period. And you know what? I will say this. 
that I know we're not going to talk about the whole hoopla with the catfish bit, but I heard, you know, some other stations saying, you know, you should have thrown a different time, multiple stations saying, you know, it should have been done at a different time. No, that dude actually picked the perfect time for it. And perfect placement right on the blue line. Perfect placement for it. Because I think the moment they saw that, and almost, I mean, if I'm going to talk about player mentality, if I'm, if I see that, I'm thinking, there are people from Nashville here that have spent a lot of money, not as much to see it in Bridgestone Arena, but a yeah. lot of money <laughs> to go to come see us, and we were letting everybody down. And what happened immediately afterward? They pick up the pace, they draw a penalty. Power play doesn't look great. They end up getting another penalty after that because they're holding on to the puck and they're controlling the game. Lavulette's interview in the second period. And right after the first goal, when he looks up at the scoreboard and says they haven't had a shot on goal since X number of time, he looks so annoyed with Pierre Maguire. And I, that, I love Peter Laviolette so much. And they just keep pushing the pace, pushing the pace, and then it ends up Freddie Gaudreau, a guy that they've called up from the Admirals, playing his first few NHL games, scores his first NHL goal to tie the game. The most disappointing part about this, though, is think that sinking feeling the entire game as all this is going on for 37 minutes, thinking... They're going to shoot once on Pecorine, and it's going to go in because Pecorine is wired to stop a lot of pucks. And then now he hasn't seen them. He hasn't seen the puck in over an hour, and it happened. No, that's the part that bothers me. I mean, you can be mad about you can be mad at Peck, I think, for that because that's typically something he 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 stops. But you can replay this game a hundred times on whatever simulator you want to use. It's never going to work out the same way that it did last night. And that's. And you could say this with the NFL. You could say this with the NBA. No, any t- anything that takes away points off the board in a dramatic push like that. Well, not so much with the NBA, more or less NFL, but that the the league jumps in on. It was the league and made that decision, and yeah. that's where it starts to get. Well, why would you have made that decision? Can they do they weigh it out fully? How much was that really a cost to Subban getting that goal? I don't know about that. Well, because if Pittsburgh would have lost the would have lost the challenge, they would have lost their timeout. Yeah. And if they didn't use and they didn't have a timeout for the for like late in the third period, like usually when teams usually hold it on. And that's what I'm saying. But that what what's what's the weight of him being an inch away, an inch on? You know what I mean? Because how much he Moment, went, he it's momentum. Not even not like being across the line. Whether or not his skate was in the air. That's Essentially, what I'm there are certain rules in the NHL that are three dimensional. How that, did that, that change the goal? Keep, Regardless of that, that's exactly. what I'm saying. How can the league mandate and say, you know what, I can make this humongous change off something that was so tiny that you can't even say 100. percent Oh, let's go back one. What it was Barry Trotz's last year here. Mm-hmm. They were playing Colorado. Oh, that's the guy what comes out of the penalty Matt box. Matt Duchesne is three feet offside, and he scores. He scores because everyone thought he was offside, and they didn't blow the whistle. That's what started all this. Now, here's what bothers me about the NHL. And I said this on Johnny Show. I'll go and rehash it. I want, I want to play the full take over again. There are certain rules in the NHL that are literally three-dimensional rules, as in it accounts for height, width, and depth, meaning yeah. that if even if you are in the air, you can, you can, in, there's no part of you touching, touching the play. You can, if you do this, it's a penalty. Say if I'm in the defensive zone, I jump up in the air, and I take my stick and swat it into the uh, – into the uh, into the stands without it clearing the blue line, that's a delay game penalty. But if I am trying to enter the offensive zone and my skates are off the ground, I don't exist. <laughs> Technically, <laughs> if your skates are not on the ground, the way the offside rule is written, you don't exist. Is this the NHL's version of the NFL's wide receiver motion or wide receiver 
movement. Catchy. Is it a catch? Yeah. Can he make a football move? Football move, yeah. A, a, a bit of that because we're we're deciding of when did the player have possession of the puck. That's what they were. That's what they and, were trying to decide. And also, like another thing, I think it happened like earlier this season or whatever. It was like, all right, they go for a very long time and then play is stopped. I think I think it was a goal. I forget who it was, but yeah, but it was like I don't know. Two minutes after it happens, oh, we're going to challenge it because play didn't stop during yeah. that time. That is complete that, crap. That's what I was thinking too. What's because the continuation it, on that? Yeah, because that goes back to what you were saying with the Subban goal. All right. Even if he wasn't outside and they scored, it was like, what really changed? He was just offside by like half an inch. Are they are they just not prepared for crap like this? I mean, was, especially that's when that's you have a linesman like. that was on top of Forsberg when it happened. I mean, in the and that's what uh, the other broadcast guy said. He was like perfect perfect view. He's I mean, he was over his shoulder. I, I think he the was failure, breathing on his neck. I think the rule, the way it's written, is fine. I think even the the replay situation is fine unless they want to invest in better cameras, which they should. The yeah. end of the day, this was not a conclusive call, and in this at this stage, if it's not conclusive, don't overturn it. I think that's fair, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. The whole weight of it, you're in yeah. the first game of Stanley Cup Finals. This one tiny skate it's, does not bother anything that goes on after, especially for Preds fans who are conditioned to watching NFL games all the time. And watching replay, so they already know what replay and works. And that, hockey fans in general have seen the Pittsburgh Penguins get away with all kinds of stuff. Oh yeah, I mean this They're is the Patriots of uh, the NHL right now. In a lot of ways, they are. There was a um, so one of the radio guys in Pittsburgh is Mark Madden. For those who are not familiar with, Mark, I know who he is. He's a complete jerk. Mark Madden has a very <laughs> abrasive personality. That Brian does not approve of. Oh yeah, because if you watch <laughs> NFL Network, he says John Madden's a piece of crap. He's overrated. Yeah, like, man. Yeah. Wait, who? This is a this is John? a quote from from uh, Mark Madden. For those who don't know, Mark, Mark Madden. Madden. Mark Madden's oh. got a uh, history. I believe it's one of the shopping networks, and he actually was the uh, was the uh, bad guy color commentator for WCW during its dying days. Oh, hey, no joke. So this is a, so this is a tweet from Mark Madden. Quote, people bitching about Sid interfering with Eckholm or elbowing Sid. STFU about what Sid after what Sid has endured. I wouldn't blame him if he pulled a gun. And there's not a there's not a, a period there. There's a comma. <laughs> Did he reply to himself? I don't know how that yeah. works. So that that is, I mean, he is. If you're talking about every fan base has like that one guy that's kind of like the voice of the fan base. Ugh. In a lot of ways, this guy between him and, and and Rossi, Rossi's pretty terrible too. So for this is our first interaction with Pittsburgh as a media market since uh, the infamous Joe Nedney game uh, yeah uh. and then you have lindell white stomping on the towel yeah no, it's probably since then yeah yeah lindell white stopped that was that was to a lesser degree because that was that wasn't the playoffs you know what Joe i didn't N- see that photo at all i gotta get that up next game <laughs> no you don't want that because that didn't you know that, that didn't end well for nashville <laughs> so i i don't claim to be an expert on the pittsburgh media market but it always seems like they definitely have like the most like angry inferiority complex even though they've won more titles than just about every market except for what New York over the last you know, fifty years. Yeah. What do you have to be mad about? You have the best two centers in the game. What do you have to be mad about? Yeah. Dark Knight Rises was filmed there. Ah yes. They no, have I mean, bridges. I mean, you know, Pittsburgh sucks. It's it's a shame that you know. <laughs> I mean, if, if if Pittsburgh could have done anything more to make Nashville America's team, I really don't know. After that whole mess, you know, uh, you know, the trumped up charges on Catfish Dude, and then bringing out Ben Roethlisberger to wave the towel to get everybody fired up. Old Big Ben, not the only predator in uh, Pittsburgh now. 
there we go. There we go. Yeah, yeah because is that the saw, best they got? When I saw Roethlisberger, it shows you that Pittsburgh is desperate to try to copy what Nashville's been doing. Oh, I'm saying, when, yeah. when St. Louis was doing that, this was like, St. Louis loves to treat everything like it's 1964. <laughs> like I, I've been to a few Blues games. Like they want the organ to be played and the music to be at a comfortable volume. And what's funny about that? The Blues weren't even around in '64. No, they weren't. They were around '67. <laughs> but you know, they want everything old school. Old school. You know, certain songs to be played, like a particular organ fare that the Cardinals use, and everything. They still play the organ after goal songs, but even they were trying to copy the Predators game ops. I mean, I've been critical of the Predators game operations because I think it's they aim too far for like the really young drunk crowd. But you know what? It's it, it is what it is. Yeah. And that's uh, what it is. It there, helps though. it helps create kind of the, the bubbling atmosphere they have there. And um uh, I'm really looking forward to this getting back to Nashville. Hopefully back at one one. Man, Peter's yeah. gonna hate it. Uh, nah, who cares? A, a, damn. a dead penguin's going to get know, thrown out onto the no, ice, and it's all hell's going to break I don't think that's going to happen. I, I've done some research on what it would take to get a penguin carcass. I'm definitely not doing this. Just so you know, <laughs> I am not taping anything dead to my body unless it is ribs. A penguin's big, too. Uh, there are some that are big. Emperor penguins are huge, but like smaller penguins, like zoo, like the ones like the Chattanooga Zoo uh, Aquarium and stuff, they're oh, really yeah. that big. So they're about the size of you know, like a, you know, a small PlayStation. What's the, what's the cost on it? Uh, I have not been able to find any dead penguin carcasses. Yeah, because oh, wow. even think, on the internet. Wow. More than likely, you'll see like a stuffed penguin thrown on the ice. Yeah. That would be good. Snowbirds gonna get thrown on there. Yes. And it's gonna it's gonna piss somebody off. It's gonna yeah. piss oh, somebody off. I mean, that, this is marketing for Channel Four right here. This is a way to you get back in Predator fans' good graces after oh, wow. your haphazard coverage of so, dropping the going to the Stanley Cup Finals after you beat the so Blues. Channel Four <laughs> should be sitting at the gates handing out tiny stuffed penguins to throw out on the ice all at once to every crowd member. Uh, on, hey, that there's a crazy idea. You know what? Let's just stick to catfish. and if Because you can, you can much easier to aim a catfish. And plus, if you get hit with that thing, bleh. <laughs> you know, you got some river monsters around here. Let's go with that. <laughs> well, the other side of the break, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the great sport of baseball. We're going to also, uh, what else do we have on our agenda, our agenda out here? We have five we, tough questions. We have a new bit to five tough questions. I think we do. We don't we have a programming announcement as well? We have that as well. Coming That's up on coming the other up. side of the break, you're listening to After Dark. And welcome back. Welcome back into After Dark Sports. Remember, give us a follow on Twitter at After Dark Sports. And you know what? We're talking about it. We have a new show coming to WNSR. Yeah, from the two to four hours. So when you're trying to leave work and get stuck in Nashville traffic, when you're trying to avoid getting stuck in Nashville traffic, we have decided to grace your ears with new talent. New talent coming out of Jackson, Tennessee, which is going to be more or less a uh, it's going to be a, 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 a just a tidbit. You're not really going to hear this on air because we're going to the magic of radio, right? The theater of the mind <laughs> will be used in in complete harmony with this. We'll go ahead. And, they're on the phone right now, so we're going to go ahead and get them in here. Dan and Seabass, Mr. Dan Reeves and Seabass, and I don't even know Seabass's name yet. Well, that's about all you're going to know, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a unisex name. And, oh. uh, and, and so he likes to go by Seabass. Okay, Seabass. Well, uh, well, let me be the first. I'll be your producer. 
uh, through through here in the studio. And I mean, we're going to be working together hopefully for a long time, and it's going to be illustrious, and everybody's going to be happy with it. Uh, but let me first say welcome. Welcome. Well, Zach, thank you very much, Zach and Dan. It's a pleasure to be in Nashville. Uh, Bass grew up in Deer Park, Texas, and. He chose his favorite teams like we all did as when he was a kid. And here's Bass. I'll just let him tell the story because he's had a connection to Nashville since he was a baby boy. Oh, well, I, I was going to sit back and let you tell it. You sound so good, and I love the subject. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah five, five years old, guys, and growing up in the suburbs of Houston, and for some reason, and had no idea where it was, I decided I was a Vanderbilt fan uh, and have been one for over 40 years and just – had a special connection to Nashville for, for many years, played a little football at Austin Peay back in the 90s. And it occurs to me that uh, we're really excited about this opportunity because the only place I've ever really wanted to be, and Dan will tell you that, is Nashville. I, I think it is such a booming city, not only from a population standpoint, but for sports-wise, how far this town has come in such a short amount of time, we're excited to be a part of it. You, yeah, said, we, you that, said you played with – Oh, and worked together for – Nearly 20 years on talk radio and television, and uh, I, I would I would say Bass is the foremost authority on Vanderbilt sports on planet Earth. I feel very comfortable. Now you said you played uh, Austin P football. That was C Bass. Yeah, for a little while in, in the 90s in Clarksville. Yeah. You weren't the one that punched the coach in the face, right? No, no. no. You know of that, right? I've heard that guy. I'm trying to meet that guy. Yeah, no, I didn't punch any coaches in the face. My coach was, uh, uh, my position coach was about 450 pounds and a former NFL lineman. Yeah, that's not the the guy you want to meet. Well, he's the guy that the coach punched in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, so tell tell the folks that listen to this podcast on After Dark, uh, you know, why listen? Why listen to CBAT? Why listen to the cheap seats? Let me get the name out there: the cheap seats. going to be different than anything you hear in Nashville. I'd say Bass is the best sports analyst in the country. And, but we focus on uh, the entertainment aspect of it. We're, we've, we've been able to draw in not just the, the casual sports fan or the sports fanatic. We're able to bring people into the show that uh, may not be that much of a sports fan that like the entertainment aspect of the show. So Bass and I when we got into the business, we thought that there were two types of sports shows. There'd be a show in which a couple of guys just wanted to sit around and tell you all the stats that they knew. And then the other type of show would be a couple of guys just wanted to cut up with you. We thought if we could combine that, it would appeal to not just sports fans, but to a general audience as well. So that's, that's the combination that we've been able to, to use and, and at least through some mild success. Would you agree with you? Yeah, we do our best to entertain and inform. Uh, my whole goal in the 17 years I've been doing radio, because uh, you hear people sometimes say in this business, which I would never agree with, is that there's lulls in, in, in sports talk, you know, certain times of year where there's not much going on. Uh, it's my duty to never get to the point where uh, we start doing shows about our NASCAR drivers, athletes, and uh, what's your favorite sports movie. I, I, think, it's, uh, I think there's a beautiful medium somewhere uh, for the entertainment aspect and the informative aspect. All right, gents, rather than ask you a bunch of questions about, you know, just other stuff you've covered. So we let off the show today with a stat from the Indy 500 that uh, over the weekend, which 
Indianapolis 500 has become kind of a mecca of Midwestern drunkenness. Over 200 arrests, 50 drug-related charges, 139 minors charged. It sounds like a great time. What is the most bizarre and most uh, rambunctious sporting event the two of you have ever covered? For me, it'd have to be the Steelers-Ravens playoff game in 2010. The Steelers got down, well, they got up 7 to nothing in the first quarter. The Ravens put up 21 in answer point. And then in the second half, it's it's really the game that uh, there was a coming of age for the young wide receiving core for the Steelers. And the Steelers erased that 21-7 to deficit and went on to win the game. 31 to 24, and it was it was raucous at the stadium. The Patriots were playing the next day against the Jets. And they, this was the AFC divisional round. The Patriots had home field advantage in the bathroom at Heinz Stadium in Pittsburgh. There was one guy that had on a Tom Brady jersey in the middle of that sea of Steelers fans, and he got mouthy in the bathroom, and some Steelers fan, well, I'll, I'll put it to you this way, to keep it clean, the Patriot fan found out what the Ural chase like. That was pretty wild. <laughs> you know, I, I guess for me, it would have to be, actually, because we had an opportunity to call some, a few college national championships on the smaller level, high school state championships. Uh, I think the one thing, as far as one that we covered, I won't say the name of the high schools here in West Tennessee, uh, but we were covering a regional championship game, and the, the officiating got out of hand. And we were actually calling the game right there from the floor of the visitor's side, uh, and the visitors felt like they were getting a, a, a raw deal. Uh, they actually spilled out onto the floor, and the gentleman that came up to the table right next to me, I heard him with my own ears. Um, well, how can I put this? He offered to meet the official's mother after the game that night in, in a very gentle way of putting it. Uh, and that was one of the most raucous things I've ever heard. I heard things like – I heard things that made a dog gag in that game. <laughs> this was high school football or high school basketball. Not only that, it was girls' high school basketball. That's, that's wow. Awesome. <laughs> so you guys got some ties to uh, Memphis too, correct? Yeah. I, I actually uh, – I played uh, – football and uh, baseball and little track. I played at Kingsbury High School in Memphis and lived there for about 10 years. We, we started our uh, careers off in Memphis at WHBQ. Okay. So did, yeah. Ironically, it's, uh, with uh, AM560. All right. Oh, well, question well, I had to follow up on that is that I read a car, a uh, article from Jeff Calkins, which everyone knows is a very seasoned columnist there for the Commercial Appeal. Yeah, I love that article. I know which one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and he was he was kind of trying to uh, trying to entice Memphis fans whether or not to cheer for the Predators in the playoffs. Now I, I know that here locally, which we are the Grizzlies affiliate for the for the uh, the radio affiliate here in Nashville. Um, there's not a whole lot of people holding back cheering for the Grizzlies because they're Memphis, but it seems like the other side of the coin is people in Memphis still have a lot of resentment towards Nashville. Um, can you guys speak to that at all, or is that just something I'm just imagining? Or oh, no. no, no, absolutely. Memphis, for years, was the glamour city of Tennessee. Memphis was bigger than Nashville. Well, Nashville, is, as we all know, is, is blown right past Memphis. This really goes back to when Memphis was had a 
a big effort, a concentrated effort, an organized effort to bring the NFL franchise to the city of Memphis. What was this, Bass? Back uh, early 90s, probably. Yeah, they they brought in the Oilers. Uh, I think they played the Vikings there. They'd sell out the Liberty Bowl. Well, when it came down to, to Bud Adams making a decision on where to move the Oilers, Bud did a lot of research. This guy was a great businessman, whatever you think about Bud Adams. And his research all told him that Nashville was the up-and-coming city. Of all the cities in the U.S., that he could have relocated the Oilers who chose Nashville because of the potential. To put a cherry on the top of Memphis feeling inferior to Nashville, Adams decides for the Oilers to play at Liberty Bowl Stadium for two years while they're building what is now Nissan Stadium for the Titans. Well, those that was they ended up only playing at Memphis one year. And it was an embarrassment for the league, embarrassment for the city of Memphis. The average attendance, I think, was between fourteen and seventeen thousand guys. Think about that for an NFL game. Between fourteen and seventeen thousand people. That was okay, Bob, but because he knew he was moving to Nashville in a couple of years. But the the straw that broke Bud Adams' back as far as the city of Memphis was the Steelers came to Memphis in the final week of the regular season. And back in those days, it was the AFC Central. The Oilers and the Steelers played in the same division. Well, the Steelers had already clinched home field advantage for the playoffs. They had nothing to play for. The Oilers that year were 7-8 and eight going into that final game. It was a rainy day in Memphis. It was late December. It was cold. And remember now, they had averaged 14,000 fans per game. The Liberty Bowl was sold out, and it was all Steeler fans. It looked like Three Rivers City in South. <laughs> it was uh, terrible towns. Bud Adams said the next day that we'll never play another game in Memphis. That's when they decided to move to Vanderbilt the next season until they finished construction of what was at the time Adelphia Coliseum. So, and Bass, to tell you, there's a lot of resentment in Memphis towards Nashville. You know, I'll tell you what, though, I, and I do, I did not see the Calkins article, though I am a fan of just work. Um, I was driving into Memphis a couple of weeks ago, and I couldn't check the program. I was simply scanning, but uh, I, I came upon a, a show, and, and I was listening, and they were kind of talking about this very subject, the relationship uh, sports-wise between Nashville and Memphis and the feelings that they have about each other. And they proposed an idea that, I, you know, i got to be honest with you, I never really thought of, it never crossed my mind, but would probably be a fantastic idea and really a win-win, uh, a win-win situation for, for everybody involved. See what you think about this, guys. Their, their, their idea was to listen to this. Have the Grizzlies play a regular season game in Nashville and have the Predators have a regular season game in the city of Memphis? I could definitely see preseason that happening. I know that uh, the Predators have been wanting to do like a preseason tour before, I and mean, even when the uh, when they first started the franchise, they played in just different arenas across the area. Now um, I know that here we have buses that go to Memphis to see Grizzlies games that multiple radio stations are involved with. I think people would get behind that. Yeah, I can't see I can't see Memphis signing up for that. I'm telling you, you guys, you have to be in Memphis to to feel that intensity and the way that, that Memphis sports fans feel. And Memphis in general feels about Nashville. And there's politics at play as well. Memphis feels like that Nashville gets all the breaks, uh, that 
or the economic development money goes to Nashville. So it's not just sports, but a big part of that is sports. Yeah, and then Elvis Presley's house in Memphis, and then Nashville has a traveling Elvis statue all around downtown. Yeah, and then okay, downtown and then, isn't uh, littered with shell casings either. Last night, <laughs> uh, when the game was over, the Preds and, and the Pens, the house announcer there in, in Pittsburgh, when the players were leaving the, the floor, leaving the ice, he said, Elvis has left the building. So he can't. He doesn't even know the difference between Memphis and. Oh, Nashville. that's my, that's actually one of Mike Lang's uh, signature calls. Mike Lang, actually the the radio guy for the Penguins, still uses his original okay. 1960s uh, headset. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, see that. See that's the Dandy Bradley. That's Dan Bradley that was talking to you. Uh, but yeah, that's that's his uh his wealth of knowledge. <laughs> Don't want him getting into college football. <laughs> okay, that that changes things. <laughs> well, guys, where can we find y'all on Twitter? Uh, at Dan Reeves two on Twitter, at Dan Reeves too. And you can find me at CBAS 1015 FM on Twitter. And when does the cheap seat start here in 560? We start Thursday, June 1st. Uh, weekday afternoons, 2 to 4. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to be doing the producing for that. I'm excited to get with y'all. Of course, me and Dan, if you're listening to this now, this is being recorded uh, as we're meeting. Well, or sorry, we actually, we'll have this put out as me and Dan are meeting and going to go over things. And I, I, I'm really excited, guys. I'm really, I know all the staff here is glad to have another show on, and that way we don't have to hear Cowherd talk about LeBron anymore. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you this, fellas. We're excited to come to Nashville. Zach, working with you and Dan. We're looking forward to it. We're gonna. We hope to put out an entertaining product. Uh, we're gonna take a close look inside Nashville because there's some things on the horizon for Nashville. I know there's a there's a lot of uh, repairs that people are talking that, that need to be made to uh, Nissan Stadium. We're talking millions and millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about this Thursday when it makes sense for Nashville instead of repairing Nissan Stadium to ratchet it up a couple of notches and maybe a dome for Nashville. Hey, yes, we've been beating this drum for a while to make it into a soccer stadium as well so we don't have to spend another $200 million on another soccer facility. (laughs) Absolutely. If if Nashville has a dome, then you're talking about hosting Super Bowls. Then you're talking about wrestling the SEC football championship away from from Mm. Atlanta. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of positives for Nashville. I pass it on out you, Bill, but if you want to overtake Atlanta, yeah. uh, well, you know, you know I, I'm not in love with domes, to be honest with you, but, but I can see it certainly benefiting. Uh, it's a great time to be coming to Nashville, though, right now when you think about it, because, look, the, the Tennessee <laughs> Titans are certainly the arrows pointing up. Peter King just released his preseason power rankings, have the Titans coming in at number four. Don't know if I agree with four, but uh, I expect big things and an improvement on the nine and seven season. Derek Mason's finally got things turned around in Nash, Vegas. They should be a contender. Um, looking at what the Preds are doing, it's the perfect time to become the Nashville, no question. And you can hear them in and the afternoon. I say this, fellas, then we'll let you go. But uh, just a, a few years ago, uh, a guy that's in, uh, in the professional baseball play-by-play is a good friend of Bass and I, and he said the talk around the water cooler was that Nashville was about to land a Major League Baseball franchise. One of the franchises in the major leagues that's struggling right now as far as drawing fans in. That may have changed a little bit, and we'll tell you why Thursday. Well, we'll be excited to hear that. You can hear that weekdays 2 to 4 right here on 560 AM. We'll go ahead and say goodbye, boys, but we'll uh, – we'll, hey, future's bright. 
Zach, man, we appreciate your time very much. Thank you. All right, guys. That was uh, Dan and Seabass from the Cheap Seat. You'll be able to hear them on uh, weekdays from 2 to 4 p.m. Coming up on the other side, five tough questions, baseball fights, maybe some DUI coverage. Uh, more DUI coverage. <laughs> yeah, no <not>. catfish. <laughs> Listening to After Dark. Final segment, a little personal victory lap around the studio, right? Oh, man. You're listening to After Dark with Brian, Zach, and Dan. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. At After Dark, and then also, oh, After Dark, at After Dark, Dark Sports, whoa. I say After Dark. <laughs> man. Who has that handle? Hold on. Hold no, on. I don't think anyone does, because that's why I specifically put that. There's after a sports After Dark. 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 Also, After Dark? At Zachariah W. At Brian Robertson, underscore. At Dan D. Bradley. Let's see, who has it? No one has After Dark. Let me try this one more time. Because there's a bunch of people who have After after Dark something. Uh, yeah, because it's yeah, just... Yeah, someone has it. We tour college campuses across the nation, sharing a free night of music and a message of hope. Sounds like college uh, radio. Right? <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Actually, ha- Chattanooga had something where it was every Friday night they had After Dark music. Mm-hmm. So I could see that. It was yeah. everybody just called it after dark. Yeah, that's what this is. After dark. It's kinda look like that. That might be exactly it. Yeah. I mean <laughs> who hold on. They're at uh and March thirtieth they were at UL Monroe. Whoa. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow. What yeah. are we talking about this segment? What are we I mean, you know, we talked Preds. Well he wants to get into baseball. I know. We got we gotta talk about this. We yeah. gotta talk about the best hair. Oh my goodness, Bryce Harper's got a world lion's sports. mane. It's. I mean, that's my goal somehow to get that hair. I don't think I could just walk around. That's not hair you just walk around with. No, I mean, you can't I, be a layman and just you know have that. He has like. I mean, he went for the undercut for a while, but now he's just letting everything else grow. The moment he just started charging out to the, to the mound and took off his batting helmet and just kind of slung it like a frisbee, even if it didn't hit target, it was still pretty cool. That was worse than Fifty Cent's uh, throw. Uh, not as bad as Carly Rae Jepsen's throw. You know what? She yeah. has an excuse. She's Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah, Fifty Cent's <laughs> a guy who is, you know, he's a tough guy. Yeah, you know. been shot like nine times. Yeah, you know. doesn't walk with a limp. So why are you throwing like that, Fitty? Yeah, we ha- we did a Fifty Cent theme, didn't we? We did. Yeah. Episode thirteen. Mm-hmm. Thirteen and fourteen. By the yeah, way, Carly right. Rae Jepsen has a new single out. Is it Saturday? No, wait, Cut no, she wasn't Friday. No, that was Rebecca Black. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's awful. What was the annoying? Oh, hey, I just made. Can I have your number? Yeah, that Tell was maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so. You know what? She's. Uh, yeah, she's made a lot of money. Well, let's just make this the Carly Rae Jepsen <laughs> podcast. I'm going to go ahead and pull up some of her work. You know what? I'm okay with that. Google <laughs> images. <laughs> okay. <laughs> going out like the Denver, Denver com- columnist. <laughs> These are all very tasteful, sir. They are. They are, yes. rather. You like black hair. Yeah. You're a black hair guy. You like Snow White growing up. Uh, there was actually a uh, a girl I dated for a short while that she was had very fair skin and just like had like jet black hair and she had kind of similar haircut to that and yeah she got called Snow White at a New Year's Eve party oh wow wow I can yeah. see that I we showed up that. to a New Year's Eve party of a uh, in Kingston Springs Tennessee way overdressed Brian's a redhead kind of guy I can just tell yeah, just really. looking at you not really that's very well there goes cute. all the redhead audience <laughs> gingers <laughs> come back <laughs> come back gingers. <laughs> So anyway, got so, a fight happened. So a fight happened, and, and you're the you're the baseball guy of the group here. So 
Harper, apparently there were the, this stems back, what, three years? 2014 NLDS. Okay, so while you set this up, I'm going to look this up here. Bryce Harper went deep in game one against Strickland. And in Bri- when Bryce Harper hits a home run, you know he hits a home run. He, you know, he, the bat flips, everything. It's all, you know, it's all an orchestra for him. No, he doesn't do backflips. He just stares at it. Yeah, he's got like a. He had a. Okay, so I'm pulling up images of him like doing a fist pump. You know, this was in San Francisco. So yeah, this was yeah. And then game four, in that same series, he hit another one off Strickland. I think it went even further. But uh, and then you see Strickland staring at him. He's staring at him. Of course, Bryce Harper's getting pumped. And then cut to 2017. <laughs> First time they ever face each other in the regular season. Yeah. They haven't faced each other since then. Yeah. And that first fastball, and that's a 97-mile-hour fastball that's coming at the hit pointer. 445 feet is how far that get that ball in game, in, uh, game that's one. That's Stanton numbers. Yeah. That's Stanton numbers right there. It's the longest home run ever allowed by Strickland. And wow. he remembered it. <laughs> All right, there are people in this town and people, you know, just that I don't talk with and, and that are, you know, that there are some serious, like, legit, you know, under the seat, under the under the radar, you know, feud with. But, you know, after a while, you know, I kind of, you know, as I think there was a quote from True Detective. I think it was Marty Hart. This Wait, season. first season or second? I first. I don't recognize that second season. Yeah, that's not, a, that was the worst. <laughs> Man, holding on to grudges is the stuff that gives you ass cancer. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that, that's kind of where I'm at anymore. Like, you know, as kind of Monte Cristo would say, the best revenge is to live well, you know. But Strickland, dude, you're getting paid millions of dollars to be a relief pitcher in San Francisco. You have, you play in the best pitcher's park in the league. Of course, Bryce Harper. You know he's a dead pull hit, hitter to right field. You know that that you know stuff's going to happen. Yeah, I mean holding on to that for three years, just waiting for That's, that moment. Yeah, that that and you know there was a lot of funny moments that happened. Uh, I never say his name right. Sal Darza, the pitcher. You, you mean Samarja? Samarja? Yeah, Samarja? He was yeah. a former yeah. uh, tight end for Notre Dame. Him no, and wide receiver. He was wide. wide, receiver, wide yeah, well, yeah, he was wide. Yeah, he went out there playing like football. He, yeah, he, he, <laughs> he hit he, Matt he, Morse. Of, yeah, they hit of each the other Giants. face to face, and it didn't look like it affected uh, Samarja at all. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, you look at a uh, uh, man. All the names blank out. Who's the other pitcher for the big? Uh, 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 Bum Garner. Garner. He Bum Garner. Like he was just not in. Well, first no, off, he he's let, injured. He didn't. He just walked into the clubhouse. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got Buster Posey, who just stood there. <laughs> just stood there and let it happen. One of my favorite Twitter accounts is a guy who works for SB Nation named, uh, he goes by Nick Pants. And he photoshopped uh, Buster Posey and just like standing in the background of like Avengers, you know, Avengers photos as everyone's getting ready to fight. He's got, you know, the 300 scene. Yeah. <laughs> You know, the Lord of the Rings. That's good. Yeah, that's you know. good. Just standing there. And, and that, now, Posey's supposed to be like the like the tough guy, you know, old school catcher, you know, Johnny Bench type. Yeah, probably not anymore after he like snapped his ankle. No, not after that. But you've got, you know, you're you've got Bryce Harper out there. Even he didn't want to get involved with this. Uh, that's that's to me that says something because if you had Harper and Posey staring each other down. Kind of like that Veritech A-Rod showdown a few years back. Oh, was well, it's almost kind of like what Brian McCann when he was still with the Braves against Carlos Gomez when he was playing for the Brewers. Man, Brian McCann got in his face before he even got to the plate Yeah, for the way he, uh, he showboated around you know, that, that to me right there just says that Posey knows that, all right, Strickland's been wanting to do this for years now. He won't shut up about it. And Bruce Bochy has to know at this point for three years, you know, this has been brewing, no pun intended, that this – Well, that's – I mean – this was I think in the cards. you could see how the players, some of the Giants players, they don't really like Strickland as it is. How would you like a guy who held that type of? That's grudge what I'm saying. For, for There's a long? reason. And how do the Giants react, Brian? 
the the organization towards oh they uh, designated him for assignment essentially and, and explain yeah explain. we have ten days to figure out what to do with you uh, if anyone wants to trade for you great otherwise you're headed to where Fresno or somewhere Fresno yeah yeah and Fresno so, or Sacramento one. so yeah. that in itself already shows that there's something in the clubhouse that Strickland was kind of already on thin ice with but this isn't the first time uh, Harper's gotten into a fight with a pitcher right who was the Nationals pitcher that he was oh <laughs> Jonathan Papelbon oh, yeah that's Papelbon dude. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Some about Harper, there man. Are, there are well, SOBs in baseball. If you really look at it, if you're not a Washington, if you're unless you're a Washington Nationals fan, everybody hates Bryce. Harper. I love Bryce Harper. I'm not a Nats fan. I lo- you know I like why? Bryce Harper because nah, I, he, I do. He's trying I'm his Royals best to you know to have to have fun. I'm you know O's guy. Mm-hmm. You know, right down the road. Well, I don't have a problem with a problem with um, Jose Batista doing the bat flip or anything. Yeah, see, so I don't I have a problem with that, that either. Yeah, yeah, but look, he, he <laughs> see, does the exact same thing to me. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just saying, I'm acknowledging there is definitely a double standard. Yeah, when, that's, uh, that's o- the O's fan when coming Odor, out. Well, you know, maybe, maybe since I, I was <laughs> the Braves, Royals beat maybe the because Jays. I was a Braves fan, it was like four or five years ago. He Bryce Harper playing at Turner Field. He's coming up to the bat and just scrapes his foot across the A logo behind uh, home plate. That pisses a lot of people off. So, but you know, it makes it makes for good baseball. You know, yeah, that's why. It, uh, yeah, and I always come back because to my always, point. If you have someone to hate, you, can, you love, got- love brings two people together at a time. Love is more powerful than hate as far as interpersonal relationships. Hate brings thousands and thousands of people together <laughs> yes. and gives you 364 days of material. You know, fighting in sports has to be allowed. Let's we have to, to figure out Phyllis a Phyllis and Molga. Phyllis, you're on you with Paul Feinbaum. <laughs> we got to figure out a way. Robert ain't no damn good. <laughs> Rota. We got to figure out a way to have fights like a little. Everybody needs to have a little mini boxing ring. They're like they, they can go at it for like 20 seconds. And then break it up. Like the center field and the batter's eye. There just like comes a ring out of the batter's eye. Yeah, something. I mean, especially in basketball. Make a little cage off to the side. Basketball? No. I, Have I a mean, ring card, girl. NBA, Why not? Bad, Advertising as sells itself. As bad as baseball fights are, NBA fights are worse. Yeah, just look at the pal- and the malice at the palace. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Ron Atest hates those, water. None of those guys can fight. <laughs> no, none of them could. Maybe because I just, they're so I just, tall. You know, and the thing is, it, what's stupid about it is, you're getting mad at the fact the guy hit the home run on you. And if he showboats, guess what? Don't let him hit a home run on you. It's the same thing <laughs> we're talking about that PK Subban uh, E60 uh, series. Uh, if you don't want you know people to celebrate like that, don't let him score. Yeah, I mean that's I mean. So you, the only thing you're getting mad at is that your own self defeat. It's not that the person did that. You're getting mad at how you're reacting to it. Not only that, it was in the NLDS. It wasn't like a regular season game where a guy you know celebrates like now Yakupov or celebrates like uh, Terrell Owens or anything. It was a NLDS, and it wasn't like he went you know booyah. Or yeah. anything like that. Guys don't celebrate home runs so much in the regular season. And plus, I mean, this that's also the Washington market that hasn't seen a conference championship game in a month of Sundays. All right? Yeah. Besides all that, it is now time. And now it's time for five tough questions brought to you by your ad here for a dynamic sponsorship opportunity please contact zachariah williams at wnsr there you go (laughs) 
Number one, today marks the 35th anniversary of Cal Ripken's streak starting. In your opinion, what is the most impressive streak in sports history? Start with you, Brian. Uh, all right, I'll go with this. Austin Dillon won in Charlotte. 591 races since the three-car was in victory lane in, in the Cup Series. That's that was Dell Earnhardt's last win at Talladega in 2000. That's 17 impressive. years. 17 years. Yeah. That's impressive, impressive futility there. Side note, why you just you just wanted the Orioles history note into the show. That's all you wanted. Now, this is a big deal. It's one of the biggest, best streaks <laughs> in the history of I really, sports. I know, and it's a, it's a hard one to beat over that. Uh, just the continuation of how bad the Browns have been. I don't know what the streak's on that. Their quarterback streak. There we go. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> I'd say one SEC team beating another SEC team for 35 years is pretty impressive. <laughs> Who's I, that? Florida over Kentucky. There you go. <laughs> Number two, the catfish guy is facing charges for flinging a catfish in the ice in Pittsburgh. Guy's name is Jacob Deverell Waddell of Nolansville, Tennessee. If faced with an opportunity to help your favorite team win a game but possibly face legal troubles or charges, not prison time, would you do it? No, I'm not that stupid. <laughs> if I wasn't in the job that I'm trying to get into, I would. But or the job that I am. Congress? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, because you don't want a sports radio guy trying to go up there and, you know, I wouldn't do that. I don't think that would stop Mark Madden at all. No. He's got a radio show. Yeah, but he's there already. This is true. I'm trying to get there. <laughs> I'm at WNSR. <laughs> Number three, Bryce Harper receives a suspension for four games for charging the mound in San Francisco. Mike Trout tore his ligament in his thumb this weekend, diving headfirst into second base. If you had to make a choice right today, either yes or no, Will we ever see Bryce Harper and Mike Trout play against each other in a World Series? No. I bet you see them play with each other in a World Series before that. Probably so. In yeah. pinstripes. Yeah. yeah, that American League, that that, D, <laughs> that DH rule. Yep. That Bryce, is how we'll see him. Probably yeah. so. Even though Bryce Harper's got a gun right field. That'd be a hell of an outfield. Well, that would be. Well, try. He plays center, so. Yeah. Yeah. Might happen. Number four, college football win totals are out. One of our favorite degenerate pastimes here at this station. And per our good friend Brad Powers, who is on, can be heard on Bill King's show on Fridays, he has the Tennessee Volunteers at seven and a half wins for the upcoming regular season. If Tennessee wins eight games in the regular season this year, what are the odds Butch Jones still gets fired? Pretty good. <laughs> it depends on who I'll he loses say, to. Yeah, it depends yeah. on who he loses to. Vandy, Vandy like wins if, Van, if, if Vanderbilt wins, he'll be fired. If, if Vanderbilt beats Tennessee this year in Knoxville, yeah. what about he'll be fired. Kentucky, South Carolina, or Vanderbilt? You name all three of those, and any of those beat. Maybe stop, not South Carolina so much, but if Kentucky does, but they'll be in Kentucky this year, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think if Kentucky does and Vanderbilt does, he's gone. Well, yeah. The other side of the coin is you have, you, know, you have Alabama, Florida, probable losses because they're both going to be on the road and they're both better teams this year. And you have Georgia Tech at the new facility. That's you know, Georgia Tech is a hard team to play against. So there's your three kind of losses right there. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, that's a rough one, man. That's a rough one. Vegas yeah. always knows something. Yeah. So uh, bonus question. SEC coach most likely to be fired this year, not named Butch Jones. <laughs> um, coach probably, Bones. <laughs> who's the coach in Kentucky? Mark Stoops. Mark Stoops. Yeah, I'll go with him. Ooh. Because I know it's not going to be Derek Mason. He just signed an extension. Yeah. Uh, who is uh, – I don't know. I don't know. I, I, coach O. 
The Kojo. Yeah. Kojo. Kojo. I just see him. I just see him. The Kojo is going in the five of Louisiana. Yeah. Kojo understand the recruit. <laughs> Kojo ate 14 gumbos on signing day. He's the king of Louisiana right now. Oh, he's the monarch of the state right <laughs> if now. They, if they fall short, though, yeah, I see it. By the way, if you do an image search on Mark Stoops, it's amazing. Yeah, he's actually just got a two-year contract extension anyways, Mark Stoops. Uh, well. Finally, number five. The Predators right now are down one nothing against the Pittsburgh Penguins in their best-of-seven series. Can the Nashville Predators still win this series if they come home down 2-0 to the Penguins? I think so. Preds in six! Can I never want to know that. the Predators win the series if they come down? I don't care about your two. question. Preds in six. All right. Okay. You know what? I do because if they come home, if they come home, they they'll get that Nash, that Smashville energy back. Yeah. Jumping on that red and yellow Harley, brother. Yeah, because if they sweep <laughs> at home, it's two two. Now they and then then one I'll, one. They just have to win one game on the road. I'll be the bad guy. I don't like their chances if they come home oh two. Boo! I don't throw a catfish on Dan Bradley. Uh, the reason reason being is uh, just. The Penguins are, are the Penguins, and the fact that you'd have to adjust how you play if you go down 0-2, I don't like your chances. All right, that was this episode. By the way, big thanks to Jake Wild, who's a superhero at the station, put together that intro for us. That was wonderful. And thanks to uh, the guys from the Cheap Seats coming on here, being the first interview, the yeah. inaugural interview. We're going to look back as we're old men at the bowling alley and ask, remember that one time we interviewed uh, You're assuming Dan I'm hanging Bass? out with you past a year from now. We'll be at the golf course. <laughs> we'll be at the batting cages. <laughs> but, hey, uh, you know, episode 15 in the books. We're going to keep this train rolling. Follow us on Twitter at After Dark Sports and on our personal Twitters at Zachary W. At Brian Robertson underscore. At Dan D. Bradley. This is After Dark Sports. We out.